0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The film is called My Name is Bulger, and the film was put together, directed by award-winning documentary filmmaker, Brandon J. Byrne. It focuses on the Bulger family, but particularly on William Bulger as well as James Whitey Bulger. It weaves its way through the stories of both brothers from their respective rises and falls. It features intimate conversations with family and exclusive conversation with James Bulger's girlfriend, Catherine Gregg. The film strips away the hysteria of daily print headlines and nightly news bulletins to unfold the story of a unique American family. With that, I'd like to welcome to the program Brandon J. Byrne. Welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Pleasure to be here, Mike.
0: What prompted this? Uh, the Bulger f- name has been something that he, we've were so familiar with for because of Whitey, but haven't heard it in a little while. But what what prompted uh, you to to do this?
1: Uh, well, it was quite an unusual one. But uh, to cut a long story short, as best I can, uh, <laughs> there was there was a friend of. Uh, the Bulger family who happened to be in Belfast as part of a Boston-Belfast city initiative. And uh, they happened to be speaking to an individual and they said, look, you know, I I think there's a great story in in Bill Bulger and his family because I know them really well. And I've I've had experience of, of growing up with them for 30 years. And, you know, they're they're a very successful a uh, good manner, decent family, their father's been very successful, yet all their lives they've been just tarred with the brush of being Whitey Bulger's nephew rather than Bill Bulger's son. And this person who knew the family well just happened to be talking to the head of the Northern Ireland Film Commission in Belfast, and he said, well, listen, we've got great documentary makers in this city, and so why don't you get them in touch uh, and maybe something could happen, because up until that point, I should also say that the Bulger family uh, have had a long-standing mistrust of the media, particularly yeah. the Boston media, yeah. because of how they've been portrayed over the last 30 years and more. Uh, so they could never imagine or even contemplate doing anything like this locally because there's just not enough trust there. And so, therefore, this kind of link with their ancestral home in Ireland, uh, a respected documentary-making company, uh, and a good story all combined in, in the most unusual of fashions, as often happens in documentary filmmaking.
0: Yeah, that is the beautiful nature of film, uh, documentary films and filmmakers, is this kind of happenstance that occurs often in these projects. And also the instinct that documentary filmmakers have for telling a story that we haven't heard, but understanding intuitively that it will be an interesting story. And my hat's off to you. For that no
1: problem. No, it often happens, and we're lucky to you know sometimes you you dream up an idea just there and then because there's something that really, you know, excites you. But oftentimes ideas come to you from the most unusual places and and you know you, you gotta act on them if you think they're strong enough, of course. You know, you've gotta you gotta wanna do it. Uh there's gotta be something in it for you.
0: As I mentioned in our introduction, we all know some version of the life of Whitey james whitey bulger uh what i did not know at all was the brother about the brother and as i was getting to know him through the film i realized that there is a other huge element that came into play and as you described sort of the the tearing down of bill bulger in the in the as a as a and i want to get into that but there's there are a lot of dynamics involved in in their family's life let's start with the basics A large family, one of the Bulger family, nine children, right?
1: Nine children all went to uh, college. Seven of them went on to do uh, university degrees and several of them have master's degrees. So you're talking about a highly, highly educated uh, family from, you know, a a modest background in in Southie. All largely down to, you know, Bill's own personal uh, appreciation of education and what it did for him. Uh, he was the first person in his family to be a, a triple laureate in the, in the three Boston colleges. For a long time at home, they never had a TV when the kids were growing up. And it was all education, education, education. So the, the media has has left people to understand that a gangster's family, you know, should be out carrying on what the gangster does. You know, this is a, a politician's son's uh, family. And, you know, they were out being good Respectable, intelligent, contributing citizens, but were never treated as such.
0: Well, the old saying in um, at least in the newspaper business, if it bleeds, it leads, right? And that and that was kind of the mentality around. It. I mean, it's in in some ways, it's so salacious, and it's all of the elements that pulp fiction people of pulp fiction love, right? A, a, a gangster coming of from course. South Boston, which had already a reputation for being a pretty tough place. And you get into this in the film, which, again, you provide this context for the Bulger family, including the father, who was sounds like a remarkable man and uh, really, really set up the, the, the internal family dynamics for his entire family with his work ethic and what he overcame over the course of his lifetime. Let's talk a little bit about him.
1: Well, look, he's fascinating, you know, and unfortunately, obviously, I never got the chance to meet him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, what he overcame. You know losing his arm in a, in a railroad accident and you know growing up all that time having a family of six children and then you know as as, as documented in the family at one point you know he drives from boston to texas to see his son james uh he, he brings bill along with him you know because he's, he's worried about him he it's the first point at which he realizes his son is potentially following a trajectory that none of the rest of the family is going to follow and that being a very important moment because you know jim bulger is the oldest and and if he goes down that direction what's to say the rest of them don't so it's a kind of major moment in his life you know obviously as we all know and we all have our different uh, experiences and upbringings you know the upbringing was solid and strong enough that that was never really an alternative for any of the rest of them there must have been a kink in james whitey bulger uh which which just sent him that direction you know, a combination of getting into the wrong crowd, ending up in Alcatraz early and all the rest of it. But, you know, the way Bill Bulger speaks about his mom, mother and father and his father in particular, in terms of the, the work ethic and the kind of influence that they took from him, you know, is, is remarkable.
0: And in some way, James Whitey Bulger also brought that work ethic to his work. I mean, as as, as much as it's painful to say that in terms of what he was doing, But he seemed to be that kind of a person that he did seem to appreciate the people around him, took care of those who took care of him and that kind of stuff, but brought a real strong work ethic to what he was doing.
1: Well, it certainly looks as if he was busy for large parts of the day. Uh, He's someone in some respects, uh, obviously, who remains, you know, quite enigmatic and not someone who I feel as if, you know, I've got a very clear picture of. I mean, I think you know what. What I was clear about is that the pictures that I've received of them thus far are a little black and white and a little over sensationalist. And and what I was trying to do was uh, produce something a little more nuanced, uh, a little more uh, shades of grey. No point that we ever in the film or anyone in the family condone what he did. But there's a question mark about whether he did all the things he's alleged to have done. You know, there's a great sense in the film I think where we say that this guy. I think became notorious partly because he he went on the run and, you know, and therefore because he went on the run and became such a mythic status, you know, he, he was probably, as somebody says, in the film, not even the top gangster in Boston, right. never mind the top gangster in America and greater even than Al Capone and all the rest of it. I mean, it's just a nonsense yeah. in many respects. Uh, and so whilst that's a, a bit of a joke, what I was saying and which is unusual as well, for a documentarian and i only say this in the sense that if it wasn't a dual biography which i think in our case we get away with but if it had been a singular biography about whitey bulger you know i would have had to dig more and dig deeper and dig for longer because he's someone who who remains a mystery because of the the extremes of his character from both the kind of loving uncle brother and partner to you know murder and bank robber quite a size of a lotion in between
0: Want well, to remind our listeners we're uh talking about the documentary film my name is bulger and it will be premiering on discovery plus on june 17th so be on the lookout for this that's uh discovery plus and they have really been putting out a lot of great content on discovery plus uh and so th- and this is one of them this is a terrific documentary thank you i want to focus on Todd have been talking about Whitey, but I want to focus on 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 William and why I think that this, well, first of all, there's the contrast that the media is able to kind of draw between the two of them. But I also think it's really important that in this period of time that that is covered in the film, Massachusetts was essentially an incubator for potential presidential candidates here in the United States. And it certainly seems to me from my time in politics, I spent 15 years in the game, that there were a lot of people who saw, if they saw Michael Dukakis as a particularly effective presidential candidate, well, Bill Bulger would have certainly fit nicely into that mold. He would have been at least as compelling as Michael Dukakis. And I think as i watching the film, I'm thinking there was a little bit of a preemptive strike on Bill Bulger in terms of whether or not he aspired to be president or not, but to sort of send in um, the, the shock troops to make sure that he never got the opportunity to move further. I don't know exactly if his ambitions included moving beyond Massachusetts, but there was certainly a political agenda in play with Bill, given that he was never accused or, or there was nothing about him. That would would say that he had any sort of connection to his brother, or that he was corrupt in some way. So there, the, the the vehemence with which they went after him indicates to me that there was that he was considered a real threat.
1: Well, I mean, I presume so. And and you know, who are these dark forces, uh, or the combination of dark forces who may have perceived it that way? I think what's clear is that you know Bill was smart enough to know that whilst he loved politics. And, and I think given his charisma and, and you know, even given, you know, uh, no disrespect to Michael Dukakis at all, who's a lovely man, but, you know, even that kind of repartee between the two of them uh, and, you know, the joke about charisma in the St. Patrick's Day breakfast, you know, of course Bill had a platform there that in any other set of circumstances could have well been a platform to go on to bigger and brighter things on the national stage. But Bill, I think, was, was clever enough to know that was a non-starter because whilst he was able to reign supreme in some respects in Boston politics, he knew that the vehemence of of the media to try and tear him down there would would have extended uh, in much more savage form should he have tried to leave Massachusetts. So so rather than subject himself to that additional level of of, of carnage, you know, he stayed uh, where he was most comfortable in his kind of natural state. But yes. It is one for pondering and it's actually on reflection. It's a question I wish I possibly had asked of Michael Dukakis himself and Bill Weld, both of whom in their own respects have had their own serious presidential ambitions. And yet the person they're talking about, they themselves would have understood would probably have had the political acumen to have had those same ambitions, but but never did anything about them for the reasons therefore discussed. You
0: know, in addition to, who you mentioned in terms of, in that era, the, the you mentioned William Weld, you mentioned Michael Dukakis, and then there was Paul Songas, also from Massachusetts. So yeah. during that period of time, and then you had Mitt Romney, who eventually left there to move to Utah. But all of these, this was a state that was, at least on the Democratic side, considered kind of the farm system for presidential candidates. For, and and again, I'm not I'm not saying that Bill had those aspirations but it was certainly a place where if you were uh, considering running for president, this was a good place to be, was in Massachusetts. Of course,
1: of course. especially with the Irish-American background of Bill Bulger. And, you know, you know, never mind Dukakis and Songus, you know, you know, we're, we're talking the about the long side of the Kennedys. You the Kennedy's. Know? <laughs> so, so that's all in there. And I mean, obviously, the Kennedys were huge personal friends of Bill Bulger. And, you know, so he would have had a lot of wind behind those sails. Yeah. If, if if it wasn't for his uh, his brother being a boogie and a couple of other dodgy things.
0: I feel like I'm over-focusing on this because there's a lot more about Bill, a lot more about the things that he was about. And he is such a family-oriented man and, and all all the things that uh, are covered in the film. But for me, as a sort of a political person, as just what was fascinating. That, and that's aside. side, I, again, this is one of the things about My Name is Bulger. You hear and see these things and it puts the entire arc of the, the Bulger family in a very much of a different context. And I think that was probably part of what you were trying to accomplish.
1: Oh, very much. So, you mean, the, the, you know, the whole thing was, you know, where we started, when I kind of explained how the film came about, and that yeah. respect, it started out as being a way of putting the lens on Bill. And, and not that, you know, it's my job to dust down or re, re-look at his legacy. But I thought it was just interested in look at this family and how his success had largely been overshadowed and how he had never been given a fair crack of the whip because of what happened uh, and the antics of his brother and then I was interested in in how his kids were often uh, similarly you know kind of regarded as just being gangsters nephews and were never given a chance to fully explain who they were and never given a fair crack of the whip and when I realised and when I started to build that story I realised that Well, you're only telling that story because of this brother. Uh, And so we have to have the brother in it too. And so it became a sort of twin biography after starting out as something which was going to be more a deeper exploration of Bill and his family. But I realized you couldn't do one without the other. And it's actually the two of them together is probably what makes it even more interesting. The fact that you have two people who can be on such opposite end of the tracks in destiny terms but yet be so close uh, in terms of a lifetime of sibling loyalty and there to be no in their minds uh, and in the minds of anyone who really wants to look at it in any level of detail, which the film's trying to do it, there's not really any contradictions in that. I mean, somebody asked me recently, uh, do you not think Bill's life would have been judged much better if he had uh, condemned what his brother did? Now, that question came to me, I think it was kind of dripping in its own attitude, I should say as well. Although I returned to serve uh, generously in the sense that this is actually a a man who who never condoned what his brother did. He might not have condemned it, but he didn't condone it. So these are two sides of the same coin. And, you know, the fact is that, you know, it's, it's somehow too easy for people to want a brother to condemn another brother because they've done bad things. It's an effort to make black and white what is very much a grey and nuanced spectrum. And, you know, yeah, people want to say, that's the bad guy, that's the good guy. And, you know, it's much more complicated than that. And I was explaining also where I come from. And I grew up in the Troubles here, and you know some of my background. And, you know, I made a film about Bobby Sands. It's essentially a, a sympathetic portrait of, of an IRA guy who went on hunger strike. Now, Bobby Sands' his brother and sister's and if I use my own analogy, if somebody in my family had they ended up in the IRA for a cause that they believed in, you know, that's their business. If I didn't want to join the same as them, then, you know, that's my business. But does that mean that that one act of theirs means that I will never speak to them again and I condemn them because they're my brother or my sister? You know, so I find it very frustrating that the media from time to time just, just want black and white answers. And just want headlines and and just want, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. No, it's not. It's it's life's more complicated than that. And what really frustrates me about it is that you know their own lives are more complicated than that. They know their own lives are more complicated than that. They're more nuanced, they're more colourful, they're more problematic, you know, they're more, you know, confrontational. So so the film really is all about nuance and it's about appreciation and understanding, and it's about not accepting, accepted narratives. And it's about trying to see the other side of the story. So that's what it's mainly about for me. You know, and to that extent, the film, whilst it's about the Bulger family, and, and Bill in particular, and how Bill, uh, how Weddy casts a shadow on Bill's life, it's really a story about complicated stories. And for people to see the complexity in other stories and not the accept... The easy accepted narratives that people are given, and and a kind of call to arms to 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 kind of to look at things a bit more deeply because the story's inevitably much more complex and colorful.
0: Beautifully said. Uh, the film again, is my name is Bulger, and uh, the film will be premiering on Discovery Plus on June seventeenth. Be sure to check it out. I want to thank you for for not only my name is Bulger, but the bulk of your work is just remarkable. You've had a remarkable career as a filmmaker. I love the Go-Go's by the way, um, the documentary on the Go-Go's. I, they were, I grew up, you know, that was kind of an era where I was, uh, I I loved, uh, I, I lived through the Go-Go's. How's that? And uh, course, yeah, <laughs> it was great. Brilliant. And there's so many others. I won't even run down the whole list, but Brandon J. Byrne, thank you so very, very much for spending a little bit of time with us here on Film School Radio.
1: My pleasure, Mike, my pleasure.